microphone. I come from the old school wheel. Hello, Mike Bay. Can you hear me now? But I was telling them that I'd prayed for courage and for boldness. And look what the Lord did. He gave me the wrong boldness. I must have spelt it wrong <laughs> in my request. <laughs> but we're going to sing a song before we start here this morning. I just felt the Lord the other day just, as it says in uh, Zephaniah, that the Lord wanted to sing over us that the Lord wanted to sing over us. So with the Lord's help, we're going to sing this morning, going to sing, my Jesus, I love thee. This is for all those that love hymns. I prophesy today that the hymns are coming back. The hymns are going to come back. If it was good enough for Jesus singing hymns, then it's good enough for me and this house, right? So we prophesy this morning that the hymns are coming back. Just a little footnote on this hymn, Jesus, I love thee. How many young people do we have here today, young teenagers? And Pastor John, you can put your hand down there. I said young. <laughs> but this was written in a book about this very hymn. And it said, the young people of today are utterly dissolute. They are disorderly, fumed this old man whose name was Martin Luther in the 16th century. A philosopher of that time agreed. He said, the youth of today are rebellious, pleasure-seeking, irresponsible. They have no respect for their elders. It said Socrates complained also that the children only love luxuries. They want their own way. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for their elders and they love to chatter amongst themselves. A 6,000-year-old Egyptian tomb bears this inscription. We live in a decadent age. Young people no longer respect their parents. They are rude, impatient. They inhabit the taverns and they have no self-respect. So the next time you think of this generation, don't think only on those that are rebellious. For God had a lot of heroes, of Daniel, of David, of Mary, and others that were only teenagers when the Lord called them. Charles Spurgeon was a, was a teenager when he preached to great crowds in England. And they, they used to laugh at him for his youthfulness. But he said, don't look at my youthfulness but look unto the Lord Jesus. And he proclaimed his righteousness there in that old uh, town of London. 
Some of our greatest hymns were written by young adults. Isaac Watts wrote the most memorable hymns of his age up to the age of 19 when he wrote these hymns. When I survey that wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. When the poet Milton was 15, he wrote a well-known hymn. Let us be of gladsome mind and also work for the night is coming. And these were all written by teenagers of deep devotion. And this one, My Jesus, I Love Thee, was written by William Ralph Featherston. At the age of 16, girls and boys, at the age of 16, he wrote, My Jesus, I Love Thee. So I want to encourage the young today that the Lord can put a great song in your heart. He can bring a song at any time. Day or night, evening or morning, the Lord can bring a great song. And so we are going to attempt to do that now. Let me just have a drink. I made myself dry. <laughs> We have time, it's not lunchtime yet, so. <laughs> we bless you this morning with this song. If you know it, sing it with us. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the fall is of sin, I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior, And praise thee is Lord. 
Somebody said earlier on that the Lord is in this house. And I say the Lord is in this house with us today. He is singing with us. He is singing over us. His delight is in his church. I can't stress that enough this morning. That the Lord delights in his church. He loves us with an everlasting love. A love that will never fade away. That love that he keeps, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe would not perish but would have everlasting life. Thank you, Deborah, my friend. She she is a great helper to me. (laughs) Let me see. I should never have been a, I would have never made it as a secretary or somebody that works in an office, but even though I try my best nowadays, but with the computers and everything, and I was raised with a shovel in my hand. (laughs) So (laughs) doing, uh, trying to type, I was never trained. So I'm still a one-finger typer when I type. But it's easier for me to write it down than, than to do it on a... Uh, I just can't uh, type. For some reason, I'm going, where's the Y? <laughs> where's the U? Well, Colossians says this morning, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, let the word of Christ be, be in you and dwell in your hearts richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to the Lord. Whatever you do, do it 
in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him, to our Father in heaven, and through Jesus. It's just amazing, you know, what, what he said there, that the church can come into, when we gather together, that we can come, one will have a song, one will have a hymn, one will have a psalm, one will have a prophecy. And we love to use that in this house. We love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We love the giftings that he has given to each member in the body as he would. He has given us each one. I often say that I think the Lord gave me as a, as a funny bone. Every part as needs a part, right? So... But in Zephaniah, it says that God will rejoice over us with singing. As I mentioned, he will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will come and sit with us. He will come and be with us. I believe the Lord is in this house today, walking the aisles, checking us out, loving on us, and letting his Holy Spirit Comfort where there needs to be comfort. Strength where there needs to be strength. Love where you need love. And, and just the hope of glory in our hearts. The Lord can bring much glory and hope and honor to us. What great promises we have in God through our Lord Jesus. What great and precious promises. I woke up with a song in my heart this morning about, uh, Marty Getz sings it, about the love of God. And, you know, like I was saying the other week, I just felt that the Lord, you know, is sometimes when we wake up with that song in our heart, we go, wow. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit singing to you but wanting you to sing along and to lift your day even before you get out of bed when we get these creaky old bones out of bed there's a song in my heart the song of the love of Jesus it lifts us so that we can face the day I even thought it like this when we when he starts to sing, or you get that song in your heart, and you start to sing with him, and then the angels in heaven start to sing, and then the Lord himself starts to sing over us, and we're harmonizing together. You know, there's a great harmonizing of the Lord with us, because he's in us, right? He said, I will be in you and with you and lead you into all truths and guide you through this life. So he talks to us often. Sometimes we have deaf ears and we can't always hear him. I know I've had trouble with my own hearing naturally because my wife will say something and I'll say, what did you say? <laughs> and she'll come and then she'll come in the room 
where I am and she'll repeat it and I'll say, oh, okay. But sometimes she'll say it while she's in another room and I can't understand it all. So I, like I say, pray for my hearing and for grace for my wife that I don't annoy her. <laughs> but singing in the spirit as well, we can sing in the spirit we can sing with our understanding. We can pray in the Spirit, and we can pray with understanding, right? We can ask the Lord for a lot of different things, like John was saying this morning. We need that gift of faith. We need that gift of faith in the house of God. More now than at any time in history, I believe. Because we're going to face days ahead that are coming, that no man knows, no man knows, only the Lord knows what is coming in 2021 when we look to a new year and we always look in hope for, for better things. We look that this uh, pandemic, it will be quashed by the Lord himself and that we would be healed from this, and that the glory of the Lord would be known in all the earth. Jesus has come to shatter the darkness and bring light to our lives. I used to be a coal miner years and years ago. Yes, a lot of years ago now, as I'm looking back. Uh, I started mining in 1958, coal mining. As a young 15-year-old, talk about teenagers, started at 15 in the, in the coal mines. Because we, at, at that time, we left school. My wife don't like that term, but we left school when we was 15. And we had to go and get a job. We'd done our infants, middle school, and, and uh, seniors up to 15 then go and get a job. And I got a job as a coal miner. And down in the, in the mines, it was 1,500 feet underground in the coal mines. And sometimes when we'd uh, have our lunch in, the, in a little place, we'd be sitting on rocks. There was nothing else to sit on. But we'd be sitting there, and often we'd turn our cap lamps off so that we could hear the mice. There was mice in, in the wood that was sub, on these supports, and uh, there was mice that built their nests in there. They came down in the tubs, and, and then they, yeah, there was lots. So we'd turn our lights off and hear the mice. You could hear them squeaking, and you'd throw a crumb out, and they'd come and fetch it, you know. But in that darkness, that darkness it's so dark that you could hold your hand in front of your face like that and you could not see any, you could not see your hand even if it was touching your nose. It was that dark. It was that black. It was almost tangible, a tangible blackness that you, you know, when, when our lights were off. But then we would switch the lights on, you know, and ha. Ah, we can see. And I wrote down here that that's, you know, 
That's how my heart was before I gave my heart to the Lord back in 1980. As you know, I was a helpless drunkard and an alcoholic. And the Lord himself, when I, when I bowed my head to him and gave my heart to him as a man preached the gospel, and I just bowed and started bawling like a little kid. And I said, Lord, forgive me of all my sin. Lord, forgive me of all my sin. The blackness of my heart, Lord, come. And, and you know what? The Lord not only saved me, but he took away the desire of the booze. You know, and I, I, I was telling that to our friend Elaine here over the phone. And she said, you know, that's exactly what I need. She said, I need the Lord to take away the desire of the booze and the drugs, to take it away. The Lord is powerful enough to take away that that would chain us down and put us in binders and chains. The Lord can loose us so that we can be free, that we can be and I exalt the Lord. And I, like I say, I was saved in Wyoming and I, um, I was still mining there in Wyoming. And I remember, I didn't know what to say. I felt so clean and good and just clean all over. And I said, yippee, yippee, I'm, <laughs> I'm free, I'm free. So it was uh, attributed to Wyoming. I thought, might as well be a cowboy and say, yippee, I am free. The Lord has delivered me. And as they said, 40 years, uh, we're having the church this coming year in 21. But this is 40 years for me of being delivered and set free. <laughs> And no desire, no desire to take of booze or of any of the other stuff that went along with it. So the Lord is gracious. He not only saves us, he keeps saving us. Or as Pastor John was saying, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And glory to glory, he lifts us daily and 40 years, so 40 years. Hallelujah, Lord, to the Lord. 44 years. So, where did we get to? There we are near the bottom. Excuse me while I do my paperwork for the day. So I have also a story. It was one of grace and gratitude, thankfulness to the Lord forever and forever. Brought me up here, gave me a new wife, new children. I, I started all over again in my late, yeah, my late 30s back then. Now, <laughs> my late 70s now. <laughs> right? But the Lord is good, his grace is, and I just want to tell this story. I, I found this story in a book, and it's one of uh, 
great grace and the mercy of the Lord. I want us to grasp this morning the mercy of the Lord. And it was about a movie of the Inn of the Six Happiness, which Ingrid Bergman, you young people won't remember this uh, lady, but she played a part of Gladys Aylward, the missionary to China. And Gladys worked with a woman named Jenny Lawson who started the inn to reach the muleteers who went up into northern China on their mules and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. During this time, it was the Second World War was there, and the Chinese uh, were invading, oh sorry, the Japanese were invading China near the Second World War. And there, there was a great invasion upon China, and they were coming up to where they were living in this inn. And by then, Gladys had accumulated 100 orphans by an, in the cold mountains of China. So her and, um, and one of her converts was an ex-criminal. So when they knew that the Japanese were coming and getting closer, she said, I'll take them over the mountains of China to the other side where they can't get us. And so they started to march on. And eventually, um, that man was a criminal who said, I will help you to get these to save them. And when the Japanese were coming upon them, uh, he ran in the opposite direction and wanted the Japanese to follow him there. And he ran and kept running, and eventually they shot him and killed him. But the others were able to escape and were able to get over the mountain. And Gladys uh, preached a sermon and they, about his memorial and gave him a great memorial for that guy. And she said, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends, which is an identical thing of what the Lord did for you, for me, and for the, for the whole world, it says, for God loved the whole world. So when Gladys heard that this Ingrid Bergman was to play her part in the movie, Gladys was very upset, for she said she had heard that Ingrid Bergman had left her husband there in California and, and her children and gone to live with an, a famous Italian producer. And eventually after this, Gladys moved to Taiwan and she shared her story with a woman there named Madam Chiang Kai-shek. Pastor John will know that. And, um, yeah. and, they, and she was a prayer. And she said, let us pray that this Ingrid Bergman does not get the part. She said, let us pray that God would overrule everything that they have planned there. And so later on, Ing Ingrid Bergman still got the part. And she was deeply moved by the story as she played the part. 
And then she, at the end of it, she planned a trip to Taiwan to see this Gladys. But a few days before she got there, Gladys caught the flu and she died. Seeing the disappointment on Ingrid's face, Gladys's friend asked, would you like to come and see where Gladys slept in a humble little room? And she said, yes. So she went in, they opened the door, and it is, it is said that Ingrid fell almost on her face. She fell on her knees and, and wept on Gladys's bed and wept bitterly, crying tears, and said, I was unworthy to play the life of such a godly woman. So Gladys's friend then had the opportunity, and she invited her to, to repent and ask the Lord Jesus into her heart. And it said that she found, she repented, she found, she said, she, I have found peace with, with God. It is also reported that a few months later, Ingrid died of cancer. Before her death, she took part in an Easter sunrise service at a Presbyterian church in uh, Palm Springs, California, where they let her read the account from the scriptures of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So reading this story, I went, God, you did overrule. You did overrule their prayers, but not in the way that they intended it to be. Because the Lord brought mercy to that Ingrid Bergman. He, you know, he dealt out his mercy toward her that she could be saved. You know, so it's a greater, um, a more better answer than what they were praying for. So often we pray for things and the Lord might give us an answer in a different way. You know, we don't know because the Lord is still the Lord. There is no other upon the heavens or the earth. So it just blessed me and showed me the love of God is to everyone who would believe. To everyone that would believe. To us as believers today. The Lord has had mercy on our lives. He has given us a new start in life. He has loved us and he continues to love and pour out his spirit upon us in these days. There's a scripture in 2 Samuel 36 and Psalm 18.35 that says, You have given me the shield of your salvation <laughs> and your gentleness has made me great. <laughs> I know growing up we thought that God was a man with a big stick that wanted to come and whip us, wanted to come and beat us up if we did anything wrong. We looked upon God as a big horror in the skies. But I want you to know today the Lord is gentle. He has mercy. Mercy is greater than judgment. 
Mercy is greater than any judgment that might come to you, that you might have retained when you was growing up. But the mercy of the Lord is greater and can wash out all that um, hatred, shall we say, that we had for God because we believed him to be a, a, a taskmaster who would come to beat us. But no, the gentleness of the Lord has made me great. I love that. That's one of David's great quotes. There's a scripture also. Oh, that, that was the scripture. <laughs> Sorry. I went back to the same place. Excuse me a second. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts and mind and soul. Oh, the love of God, I wrote down after. Oh, the greatness of God, the gentleness of God, the power of God, the peace of God, the magnitude of God, the creation that we can see out the salvation of God, the reconciling of God by His Son. For God so loved the world that He reconciled us to Himself and to be ever with Him in glory. John in his books wrote more than any other of eternal life, of eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus. We have overcome this life by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony so that we will ever be with Him in glory. We will ever be with Him in glory. The Lord is calling to His church today. I know, you know, we, we often think in ourselves when we're not having such a great day as... How could the Lord love me? You know, how could the Lord love me? But what, as we read there in Zephaniah, that the Lord not only loves us, but he will sing over us. He will cause peace to come into our hearts in this time of the pandemic, of this COVID. We put it under our feet in the name of Jesus. Jesus overcame not only he not only delivered us from our sin but he delivered us from sickness and from uh, unhealthy thoughts the Lord has come to make the man whole from the top of his head to the soles of his feet that we would be able to stand with him when we see him in glory and say Jesus Thank you, Lord. We might even fall on our face before him like the 24 elders. We might even fall upon our face. We might never get up. But you know, the Lord is just, he just loves us today. I can't say that enough, that the Lord loves us today. His great love is upon us and through us and with us. He is the king. He is the Savior of the whole earth. Amen. He is the Lord, you, Lord. of all glory. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. 
So, Lord, your gentleness has made us great. The love of God surrounds us here today. The greatest present that we could ever receive was at Christmas time when Christ was born upon this earth. What the greatest gift was given to us. Us that were unworthy. Us that were Gentiles, as we read in the book, that at first he came only to his own, but his own received him not. But then he sent forth his apostles to the Gentiles that we might believe. So we give thanks and honor to Paul and to the rest of the apostles that declared in their time the glory of the Lord. They declared the resurrection. They declared the power of Jesus. They declared his love and salvation. They declared that you, once you're saved, be washed, be baptized in water. And then he came and gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost from the Father. How I love him this morning that he has given us these great and noble gifts. As I said, he wants to sing over us. The Lord God in the midst of you is mighty. He will save us. He will rejoice over us with joy. He will rest in his love and he will joy over us with singing. That's from that same scripture in Zephaniah. I don't know whether I gave you the verses, but but it's in the same uh, area. Oh, rimaso marebe shumbaresi. Wow, what a 2020, huh? I was thinking the other day that they should have brought Barbara Walters back on television just to say, Twenty twenty. <laughs> she could declare twenty twenty like nobody else. <laughs> they should have brought her back on television to say what a twenty twenty. <laughs> you can see where my mind goes sometimes, so. But the Lord has given us a pure language to sing, to speak, to prophesy, to talk to the Lord in an, in an angelic voice or in one of another country. We can speak to God in our, in our tongue of prayer and we can also prophesy as he gives us words. He said, I will turn the people into a pure language. That's also in Zephaniah. Um, did I write it down? Might be 3.9. I don't know. But for all you scholars, you can find it for yourself. Zephaniah is only three chapters, so you can go through that quickly. But what a year this has been. Upon the name of the Lord. He has cleansed us, he has washed us and made us whole. This pandemic year, or pandemic year, however you say that. In the middle of July, uh, I had my fourth heart attack. And I just 
two days before that, the Lord had given me a song about the blood of Jesus. And um, I know some of you got the, the CD and I've been playing it. A few have told me, you know. And, th and that song, I know, just keeps revolving. Like it's so, so wonderful. And with the help of Deborah and Sharon who played on that, Next week, I'm going to Hollywood to... Um, <laughs> 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 ah, the Lord is great. But he gave me that song. Yeah. It was, a, you know, the pure about who can come. Who can come to the hill of the Lord? Who can come with clean hands of his word? Who can come without deceitfulness of sin? Who can come with a pure heart within? And then we go on to sing by the blood of Jesus only. So I'm going to ask my fellows up there, I'm going to try and sing it. This, this song, you know, it's the first song I've ever got that the Lord, you know, it, and it took me about 15 minutes to write it. And I, you know, I couldn't believe it after, and I even took a picture of it on my phone. I don't know how, I don't even know how I did that, because I don't, don't normally take pictures. But I thought, I've got to keep this in case I lose it. Will I forget it in my head, you know? So, we're going to ask um, my dear friend at the back. <laughs> 